John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, if the truth is designed to set you free, a lie will place you in bondage. From the beginning, Satan used a lie to place the human race in bondage, and he has not stopped since then. We will discuss the truth versus a lie while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this open line edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And I want to talk to you today about just an opening dialogue of the truth versus a lie. I mean, this is what we're up against in our society right now. Consider all the censorship that's going on, the censorship of conservative news sources. Somebody that wants to tell the truth to expose what's going on with all these agenda-driven entities that are out there and pushing these agendas, the LGBTQ agenda and the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change propaganda of the United Nations and the the, the vaccines and the whole ball of wax. There are people that want to expose that, but yet there are other people that say, no, no, can't expose our agendas, so we'll just silence your voice. That's what's really going on. The truth versus propaganda, deception, and lies. Listen to some of these recent, and I mean, I pulled these off today really quick. Listen to some of these recent headlines. Questions. The Christian Post, what is your truth? Montreal Gazette, truth, lies, and the disinformation problem that won't go away. People just want to know the truth, but it's hard to get the truth anymore, right? Cambodia, defining the truth. Daily Democrat, whatever became of the truth? Cricky, the truth is precious. Let's not take it for granted. Times of Israel, getting at the truth of the matter. Post bulletin, the truth is out there, but will we ever know it? And the Bismarck Tribune, truth is lost in a fog of lies. We're dealing with agenda-driven policies in our society, around the world, really. But we're, I'm talking mainly to most of us living here in the United States, even though I know there's people around the world that listen to this. But thinking about our society here in the United States, I want you to consider just a couple, really, and then I'll get to the phones here. You guys just bear with me on, that are on the line here. I'll get to you in just a moment. But I want, you to, I want to go over just a couple of the, the, the propaganda, the ag- agenda-driven um, things that are here in the American society and 
partially around the world, but things that deal with us. Number one, the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. That's total propaganda, everybody. Um, President Biden has stated that climate change is the existential threat to our time. Existential threat. I mean, threatening to wipe us out. But yet, he's got you in scare mode, right? So, very important. This is in, in April. Think about this. In April, President Biden pledged close to $6 billion. I think it was $5.7 billion taxpayer dollars to help developing countries deal with the threat of climate change. Climate change isn't even happening. Human-induced global, uh, global warming, which leads to climate change, it's not even happening, folks. It's propaganda. But yet, Joe Biden, because of this propaganda, and he, he's a globalist, he believes in all of this, he pledged almost $6 billion of our hard-earned United States citizen taxpayer dollars to help these countries deal with climate change. What is it? It's wealth redistribution. So it's truth versus a lie. Number two, on January 20th, President Biden signed an executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Gender identity. You hear it in the news every day. There are hundreds of articles on it. There are people that are celebrating Pride Month right now, celebrating the LGBTQ community. They're having parades and doing all kinds of stuff. The Cambridge Dictionary defines gender identity as a person's feeling of having a particular gender. Somebody decided that, hey, I feel a, 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 a man feels that he's a woman. He identifies as a woman and all of a sudden he wants to use their bathrooms and locker rooms and participate on their sports teams. This is agenda driven. There are governors that are signing laws to try to protect girls and women's sports in their state because the current administration is pushing these laws down their throat where a, a young 16, 17-year-old male that decides he's a female should be able to wrestle girls in high school, to participate on their track teams, to play basketball with them, to lift weights against them. And the males are annihilating the females, but yet it's agenda-driven. This is the society that we're living in. The Bible says it would be utter chaos in the end times, and that's where we're at. This is Bible prophecy, everybody. This is where we're, we're in the end times, along with world government, world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, all this other stuff. This is where we're at in the United States, and... I know I got a lot of callers. I'm going to go ahead and go to you, but there are, you know, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, in the, the first day of Pride uh, Month, this month, he signed a bill geared towards protecting girls from competing against biological males on uh, the first day of this month. Why is this so important? Because he understands that, well, so. According to Joe Biden's presidential campaign website, just prior to him becoming president, 
It's stated on his website. I'm going to quote this. You have to hear this. He is going, Joe Biden will ensure young LGBTQ people that they are supported and protected in our schools and college campuses by guaranteeing transgender students have access to facilities based on who they identify as. Not what's on, like this, this boy was born a male. And that they should have, we will guarantee they have access to sport. A male will have access to female sports, their bathrooms, and their locker rooms. And so Governor DeSantis said, no, we've got to protect against that. So he just signed a bill protecting against that the beginning of this month. This is America in 2021. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. I'm coming to the phones in just a moment. Let me give you a quick announcement. Um, not this, not tomorrow, but next weekend. It's going to be June 26 and 27. I will be in Flint, Michigan, doing a prophecy conference. That's at the South Flint Tabernacle, uh, G3450 South Saginaw Street. That's in Burton, Michigan. And on Saturday, June 26th at 6 p.m., I'll be teaching the big timeline that we put together, the future according to Bible prophecy. And then on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll be doing the breaking prophetic fulfillments, and then we'll have a Q&A after that. So if you're anywhere around the Flint, Michigan, Burton, Michigan area, uh, join us at this conference at South Flint Tabernacle. All the information is on our website under events and then conferences. So check it out and look forward to seeing you. We've been having awesome conferences and there's been lots of visitors. It's been great. 
And so I hope to see you guys next weekend up in uh, Burton, Michigan at the South Flint Tabernacle. Okay, let's go to the phones. Um, CT from Wisconsin. God bless CT. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, I have about two passages of total of three verses I'd like to look at, especially the end of the sixth trumpet yeah. in Revelation 9. And if I could just comment, there's four categories there. I want to read the passage and then comment on the four categories there. It's uh, a pretty uh, famous passage with end time and everybody. So should I read it? Uh, yeah, go for it. All right. Revelation 9, 20, and 21 out of the New King James Version. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And I want to just say something about a footnote. That's why I'm calling in because of a footnote in my Bible about the sorceries. Mm-hmm. And the footnote, which isn't very reliable, but I still want to bring it up today because of this one reference here. It says the sorceries are listed as drugs. And so I just want to say something about that. First of all, um, the murders in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said something about the inner spiritual answer is, is actually hatred. And there's a lot of hatred going back and forth with police officers right now, mm-hmm. with the George Floyd case. And I believe a lot of people are knowing that some some uh, bad police officers are hating the, the the colored people, and then some some prominent rappers and other people are hating the police, and so it goes both ways. And then the uh, the sorceries I'll talk about last, but the sexual immorality is just what I believe anything is, is, is sexuality outside of the sanctity of marriage. And then uh, because marriage is an institution of God, and then the thefts, that could be anything from like uh, uh, using company time or using company procedures to kind of cheat and stuff and CT, let me break in on you here just a moment. Do you have a specific question that you're trying to get to? Because I got a, I got a full bank of callers here. Um, sure, I sure do. I sure definitely do. I, I wrote down about the footnote about drugs and sorceries. Okay. There are four categories I wrote down here. I wrote down street drugs, the war on drugs. Hey, CT, let me break in on just you one more time. Give me a specific question so I can get to the rest of the callers here. Do you think that because of Acts uh, 2.20 that says the moon shall be turned into blood Mm -hmm. before the coming of the great and notable day of the Lord, that that could be something that, that we get the root word from lunacy from the moon and could all these drugs, whether they're street drugs or psych drugs or uh, um, hormones for cattle or drugstore supplements necessary for some, that do you think that these are um, 
uh, on a category that we need to repent of because uh, I was thinking about especially um, the use of all these large percentage of people in just America mm-hmm. that use the, the uh, pharmacy drugs. Okay. So let, let, me answer your, let me answer your question here, CT. I'm sorry to break in on you. Um, so I don't think that the... When the Bible says that immediately after tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven. I don't think that's necessarily correlates with what's talked about here necessarily about men not repenting after their of their sins after the sixth trumpet war number one right after the the sixth trumpet war occurs at least three and a half years prior at least it could be four or five years prior to the event that jesus prophesied about when the sun would turn to blood it's talked about in joel it's talked about in matthew it's talked about in revelation six many places I don't think that has a clear correlation with drugs that are being talked about, which obviously would be a sin at the end time that men would not repent of here at, after the Bible actually says in, um, after the six trumpet war and at the time of the wrath of God in Revelation 16, that even after some of the vials of the wrath of God were poured out, men would not repent of their sins. I don't see a clear correlation with that. And so um, I... You know, I, I hope that answers your question. I'm going to have to let you go, CT. I've got a lot of callers here. Uh, I do thank you for the call, and I hope that cleared that up for you. Don't see a clear correlation there. Let's go to Eugene in New York. God bless Eugene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, how are you doing, Dave? I'm doing tremendous. How are you? I'm great. Now that this guy is, uh, we have a new PM in Israel. Does that mean that um, we're still going to have G three signs? Yeah. So if the thing is, is that Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid, Naftali Bennett's the new prime minister of Israel, they have said they're going to leave. They're going to be hands off <laughs> with the Israeli-Palestinian peace treaty and, and try not to deal with that. However, I think the international community and the Joe Biden administration is going to try to pressure them to do something because the international community, the Middle East Peace Quartet, the, um, the United, Joe Biden, they're all for a two-state solution. So I think they're going to, even with everything that's heating up between Hamas and Gaza, the Palestinians, the Israelis, they had riots there today on the Temple Mount. So I think that, I don't think they'll be able to leave it alone. I think they're going to be forced to try to deal with something. Now, how they deal with that that's going to be, um, we'll have to follow that closely because, again, I talked the other day about there are eight different parties from all different ends of the, different ends of the spectrum here in the government. It's one of the most diversified governments on the planet that's ever been. You have, um, Naftali Bennett is supposedly right even of Netanyahu. But yet you've got Yair Lapid, who is a centrist, and then you've got an Arab faction who's pro-Palestinian, all in the government. And the Arab faction holds a lot of power because if he bails, the government will fail and they'll go to a fifth election. And so they say right now they're going to be hands off, but I don't think they're going to be able, because of all of the pressures from around the world that are going to push against them 
to get something done. But that something will have to follow very closely because they're in, I mean, they're less than a week old, this government. And so to say how, what they're going to do a year from now, I mean, because a politician can promise one thing and do something totally different. We've seen that a million times. So I will be following it closely. I will keep you up to date. But at this point, I cannot give you a conclusive answer on that, Eugene. I understand. Yes. Thank you, Dave. All right. God bless you, and thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to Wayne in Ohio. God bless Wayne. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Yeah, I found something on the, found an article on the YouTube that they're putting up a statue that could be the be the the precursor of the mark of the beast or something. A statue with a with a stairway behind him, and it turns into a human being and all that. You ever seen that? I have not. I haven't seen that, Wayne. Sorry about that. Other questions I got to ask. Yes. Yeah. You think you think you think the banks are going to close down at any time? This Uh, year it's going to look like there's going. I've been hearing that there's going to be a a a food shortage this year. Starting maybe this summer, it might be a a shortage of stuff in the stores that could uh, start happening. Something might happen this out, maybe into the fall or the summer or whatever. Yeah, I mean, any, like- anything like that is possible, Wayne. Uh, I, I basically live in the news 24 hours a day, and I have seen almost nothing on that. I mean, if there was a crisis to come back up, I mean, look at what happened with um, uh, the, the, when the, climate, uh, the COVID crisis came back in on last March. The stores were empty and things like that. I mean, any kind of a crisis can empty out the stores. So, you know, there, there may be an article or two here and there about that, about something, um, somebody that's speculating something that's coming or maybe predicting. I've been in the news. Like I say, I live in the news. I haven't really seen anything about that. But again, anything can happen. Um, so it'd be purely speculative on my part. Oh, you think this year is going to be something when we're going to see a cashless society? Yeah, so they're proposing a cashless society. A lot of a lot of the globalists would like to move us in in that direction. They're trying to do that now. A lot of the and I haven't talked about this much, but what we need to watch is a lot of the federal or the uh, central banks around the world are trying to move us towards a cashless society, and they're getting ready to um, they're proposing digital currencies. Uh, you know, the central banks, most um, nations around the world, developed nations around the world have a central bank that is ran by the central bank of central banks, which is the Bank for International Settlements over in Europe. And they're proposing digital currencies. Even in Europe, they're, conti- they're uh, proposing a, a digital uh, shekel. And so, yeah, they would love to move us off of cash onto a truly digital society all for the the um, the goal of tracking, control, uh, control of society. That's why you number people. That's why the cash is freedom. On a digital database, you can be tracked to everything, freedom. and so um, that's very important, uh, Wayne. And so that that's kind of where we're headed. Again, I don't see that. Um, some of them may have be imp- implemented this year. I think they're wanting to they're wanting to try to go against the. Um, Bitcoin and some of these Dogecoin and all these different things. But at this point, 
I don't see that happening tomorrow. We're just moving in that direction. So I want to say thank you for the call, Wayne. God bless you very much. Let's go to Faith in New York. God bless Faith. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. Yeah, I had two quick questions for you. Sure. One, um, when we're raptured out of here, will our animals be raptured with us? And then the other question I have for you, um, it says in the Bible, Enoch walked with God, mm-hmm. and he didn't die. He, was, he didn't experience death, mm-hmm. so he was taken up to heaven. And how come it's not in the Bible? If he didn't die a natural death, he walked with God. And he even talked about Noah and the flood. You're saying how come his book is not in the Bible? Yeah, how come they took it out? Yeah, yeah. So the question about the rapture first and the animals, I don't see where animals, I don't see scripturally. Now, I know everybody's probably going to be, I'll get a million emails about this. I don't see scripturally where animals will be in heaven uh, and that they're raptured. I mean, the Bible says that at the time of the rapture, that the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are Christians that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. It doesn't say anything about animals there. So I don't see scripturally where that will happen or that that's possible. God can do everything he wants. I'll let God be the judge of that. I don't know if I can answer that conclusively. I personally believe that they don't have a soul and that they will go back to the dust just like our bodies will. However, because they can't make a conscious decision to be born again or to participate in a plan of salvation. Yeah. If, if, but if, you know, that's just kind of where I'm going to leave that. I, that's my personal okay. belief. Um, number two, the book of Enoch. So the Bible does talk about in the, in the book of Jude about a book of Enoch. I don't know that it was necessarily um, ever that I don't know. Um, so the book of Enoch, let's talk about the book of Enoch today. There's a lot of people that have a book of Enoch today that you can hold physically. And they say this should have been in the Bible. Nobody knows that that was the original book of Enoch. Let's put it out like that. Number one, yeah. because in that book of Enoch, I've read some of it. And they talk about angels going to God on behalf of mankind. That's not scriptural. No, it's The Bible not. wants us to have our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that we would go to him personally, not through an angel. Angels are ministering exactly. spirits unto us. So um, the book of Enoch, the way they canonized everything, that everything kind of had to line up. And of course, God had his hands in all of it, but... Um, the, the book of Enoch didn't necessarily line up with the other books. And if they didn't line up, they weren't included. But I can tell you this, Faith, that every book in the Bible is what God wanted in there. And the ones that are not in there, God didn't want them in there or they would be in there. That's the way I look at it. Um, and the Bible tells us that, that all scripture can be used uh, for good doctrine. So that's where we're at. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. 
When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And I'm sorry that that break cut you off there, Faith. I hope you got your question answered. Um, And if you didn't hear my final remarks there is that I believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. And every word that God wanted to give to the church to make it throughout the end time to give to us to follow uh, as the words to eternal life, a road map to heaven. Everything we needed to know is in the Bible. If it's not in there. God didn't necessarily want it in there. God is the author of that book. So you don't have to wonder. I know there are people who say, oh, all these books weren't included and we've got to follow them as well. Well, if, they, if God wanted them in there, they would be in there. If, but if they're not in there, it's because God didn't want them in there. And if you think God can make a mistake, then, then that's a whole other conversation we need to have. But that's the way I look at it. This Bible, there's enough in there to get us to heaven. And that's what I'm concerned with. Okay. Let's go to Don in Colorado. God bless Don. Welcome to End of the Age. How you doing? I'm doing tremendous. How are you, sir? Okay, I'm good. Okay, so I have a, I have a kind of like a two-part question here. Okay, so what is the actual scripture of the start of the seven years of the, uh, you know, the start of, of the seven years? And then the next question I was going to ask is... um. <clears throat> Uh, Urban Baxter's dream that he had, uh, did he ever tell you the interpretation of, of his dream? Which dream is that, Don? Yeah, he, yeah, I was listening to one of his old sermons, and, and, um, and it was uh, one of the, the dreams that he was talking about that everybody needed to know where we were, of the, the seven years of where we were, that he was looking, people didn't know where, where we were and, and what was going on. Yeah. So <clears throat> let me, okay, I, I do, under, I do know that dream and I'll tell you about it. Um, so the scripture that talks about the beginning of the final seven years, you have to understand Daniel nine twenty four through 27. It's Daniel's 70 weeks. It's a 70 weeks of years. It's a 490 year prophecy. Okay. And the first 483 years, those ended at the destruction of Jerusalem and the Messiah being cut off. That's where those 483 years ended. There's about a 2,000 year gap 
What you and I are looking for, Don, is the final seven years of that. That's in Daniel 9, 27. The Bible says, and he, which is referring to the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's a week of years. It's a Bible study for me to teach you that, but it's a week of years. And then it talks about the abomination of desolation will occur halfway through that week. And, um, and Jesus told us that when the abomination of desolation occurred, that then would be great tribulation such as never been before, never shall be again. That's in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 21. So this is the prophecy that tells us, yes, when you see up that peace agreement, and then the Bible gives us clues. There are characteristics to this peace agreement, things that will happen to Israel during the final seven years that a peace agreement has to allow for. Once that peace agreement is signed, then we know we have seven years left. And so... That's why a lot of people say, well, hey, the Abraham Accords have been signed. We started the final seven years. No, no, just hold on because they don't have the characteristics that are included in the peace agreement. So once that agreement is signed with the Israelis and the Palestinians, then we will know we started the final seven years. So that's the entire prophecy. And let me do this for you, Don, because I've got a full bank of callers and I'm not going to have time to give you the answer I'd love to. So if you'll email me, if you'll email me, drobbins, D-R-O-B-B-I-N-S, at endtime.com, I will send you a, a, an article that I wrote years ago on Daniel's 70 weeks. And it, it explains all this in great detail so you can recognize the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Give me your second question again. Okay. In, in the, the second it uh, Irvin Batsa ever tell you the mm. interpretation of okay, his yeah. dream? Yeah. Yeah. So he had a dream uh, that he was that d- he woke up and the final seven years had just begun, and everybody was w- looking around, kind of dumbfounded, like, uh, "Okay, the final seven years had just begun. What do we do now?" And he thought, "Well, we we've got to get this word out. We've got to tell everybody." And so. We ended up starting, um, he ended up starting something. Man, I'm trying to remember what we started. I think it was, it may have been the Jerusalem Prophecy College or something. And we started getting this message out there. I'm trying to remember, man, my my mind just went blank, Don. I think think you're right. I think you're right on that. (laughs) What's that? I think you're right on the Jerusalem College. Yeah, so we started the Jerusalem Prophecy College, but... um, it was getting everybody involved in what's happening in the end time. And the best way to prepare for that was the Jerusalem Prophecy College because I follow this stuff every day. I have for years. And, and the reason I say my mind went blank is because we've started so many things over the years in an effort to educate everybody. I wanted to make sure I got the right one. I think you're right. It was the Jerusalem Prophecy College. But there's nothing on the planet, everyone listen to me, please. There's nothing on the planet like the Jerusalem Prophecy College. It starts out with prophecy. It goes through the salvation in case you need that. And then we go off into the biblical foundational principles, um, understanding the Bible, keys to spiritual growth, life and teachings of Jesus Christ, Satan defeated, sonship restored. It's end time university, uh, the Jerusalem Prophecy College. It is awesome. And so... Um, it's something you can, uh, enroll in, go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com 
And it will make it so that when we say, when I, when I get on the radio and say, folks, we've started the final seven years, you're not wondering, okay, what do I do now? What does that mean? Uh, th- this will prepare you for that mentally, physically, spiritually uh, for those times and for eternity. So it's very important, um, Don, and I'm glad you brought that up, Don, because um, we've started so many things and put out so many DVD series and things over the years. But the Jerusalem Prophecy College, probably one of the most important things we've efforts we've ever launched. So thank you for that. Okay, thank you. All right, Don, God bless you. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Mary in New York. God bless Mary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Do you think that we'll know that when the Antichrist comes into the scene, that it'll be when the Temple Institute announces that they have a red heifer in order to rebuild the temple. The temple Will that be our first sign? The temple that, that the, the Antichrist is around. Yeah. The Temple Institute will announce they had a rev, a red heifer prior to that. Because when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to stop the animal sacrifices. They have to have a red heifer prior to that. So here, let me just right. give you a real quick timeline, Mary, real quick. So there's going to be, the final seven years is going to start. They're going to sign the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. So that you think will come before the red heifer? Yes, absolutely. And then okay. um, they will have, well, so just a second. They could get the red heifer, let's say now. Because they've been working on it for a while and I don't know, like, how long it's been that, yeah. it's, you know, like, it's been public knowledge for the last three years. Yeah. But I don't know if it's how long they've been working on this. And, um, yeah, they've been trying decades they, for it. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they will, the final seven years is going to start. They're, they will not be allowed to build the third temple until after that peace agreement signed. If they went there right now and tried to build a third temple, you're talking about World War III tomorrow morning. And so they're going to be allowed to build their third temple. They are going to have a red, to, to, they're going to acquire a red heifer. I say even if they have to spray paint one, they will get a red heifer once that temple's built. They're going to sacrifice the red heifer. That's the purification sacrifice. Then they'll be able to start sacrifices on the temple mount at the, in the temple. When the Antichrist comes on the scene and the Bible says he's revealed at the abomination of desolation, the Bible says he will cause those sacrifices to cease. So all that has to t- have taken place prior to the revealing of the Antichrist. So the okay, red heifer... Now, do you, go ahead. Do you believe that... Because um, you, if you go back in the time of Moses... Mm-hmm or actually um, even before him, when um, the first temple was built, well, because actually God instructed Moses that they needed a red heifer. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be, I, I'm guessing that it's going to be God's timing because then God said you need a red heifer. So, yeah. so is this- it going to be that God, when they do have a red heifer, that it's, God's timing that they can go ahead and build a temple. Yeah, so here, but it didn't happen like that with the second temple. They didn't have God's yeah uh, permission, but from Nebuchadnezzar. Right. So here's what here's what everybody needs to understand, Mary. 
is that God is not sanctioning a new red heifer. God doesn't need a red heifer anymore. He does not require a sacrifice because he was our ultimate sacrifice on Calvary when a spotless lamb would die. And that the Bible says that the the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. So we're not under the law anymore. So the Jews actually don't need a red heifer, but they still live under the law. So they believe they need a red heifer. They're wanting to build the temple, start the sacrifices again. However, the only reason it's in the Bible that there's going to be another red heifer in the future is because it's, it's prophesied. The Bible says that they, they're going to reinstitute the sacrifices in a, a rebuilt Jewish temple and that they will, that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he will stop those sacrifices. But it's not going to, it's not God's will that Israel gets a red heifer. It's prophesied in the Bible that that's going to happen because the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. He's already seen all this play out in the future. So it's prophesied that it's going to happen. But God, we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. We're in the grace dispensation. So Jesus Christ was the last sacrifice that we need. His blood is covering my life. I don't need a red heifer. And, but the Jews, in their mind, they still live under the law. So they're looking for that red heifer. So that's how all this is playing out. God is not going to create a red heifer. He just looked into the future and saw how it was all going to play out and that they would implement sacrifices again. So that's what everybody kind of needs to understand. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us. We do not need a red heifer today. Okay, so you're saying that the peace treaty will come before the red heifer? It, yeah, it, I believe it will because the, the peace, well, in other words, so let's say they come up, I, matter of fact, on my Facebook page, I just give an update of where they're at on the red heifers now because the Temple Institute's trying to, you know, they're trying to raise them and they actually just contacted a guy here in Texas about two hours from where I live because he said, hey, I've got some red heifers and a rabbi in Texas went out there to visit. And of course, they, he had five of them, but they, they inspected them and all five of them had like red or white hair, uh, black or white hairs. So none of them were approved. But if they got a, a, a red heifer tomorrow, let's say, and they haven't signed the peace agreement yet, and they could do the purification sacrifice, but they're not going to start, you know, um, sacrificing in the temple until the temple's built. And that's what we're looking for to happen. So when they will get the red heifer, I'm not sure I can answer that, Mary. Uh, but but yeah, I, are I, you, can you answer me? Like, basically, my question was, will the Antichrist be in the hey, hey, Mary, can you hold on the other the side time? of the break? Sure. Yeah, okay, let's hold and let's continue on after that because I don't want to cut you off here. I want to make sure I get it. But I want to say, everybody, God bless. Thank you for joining me today. We've got some great calls coming up after the break. Thank you. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Okay, Mary, sorry about that. G- give me your question again. So the Antichrist w- will know the first time that the Antichrist is alive and well when this peace treaty is signed. Yes, so he... So whichever comes first, either the Red Heifer or the Peace Treaty. I do not know which one comes first, the Red Heifer or the Peace Treaty. But... Okay. When the... When so the whichever pe- one comes first, we'll know that the Antichrist is in the world. When the peace agreement is signed... The, the Antichrist is alive right now. We know that. He, he had, with all the prophecies converging at the same time, we know that he has to be alive on the earth somewhere. He's a politician, probably an up-and-coming politician in Europe. That's where the Antichrist is going to come from. When the peace agreement is signed, the Bible says he, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant, the covenant with many for that final seven-year period. He will be one of hundreds of politicians that will have been involved in getting that peace agreement across the finish line. When a peace agreement is signed, we will not know who he is. The Bible says he is revealed Three and a half years after that, when the Bible says he stands on the Temple Mount, proclaims to be God himself, and he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. The, the, the um, animals that they have begun to sacrifice in a rebuilt Jewish temple. So yeah, when the peace agreement is signed that has the characteristics, then the Antichrist will be one of the politicians involved in the signing of that agreement. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right, Mary. And thank you for the call. I want to say God bless you. Let's go to Carlos in California. God bless Carlos. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, hi, Dave. Uh, Awesome listening to you guys. You're doing a wonderful job. Uh, Hey, I want to ask you about Matthew 24. And I've heard some people that teach that um, what Jesus is answering the apostles, it's uh, only for Jewish people. And it should not be applied to the church. Sure. Um, so I wanna, I wanna, I have an answer, but I wanna, li- I wanna hear your. How would you answer that? Yeah. And will uh, for people that teach that, um, will that be considered um, giving the scripture a private interpretation? Doing that. You mean the Jewish interpretation or our interpretation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Jew, when they say, no, it's only for the Jewish people, well, it sounds like a private interpretation. Well, and so that it's somebody's opinion. It's not necessarily right. their private interpretation. However, the, the way I would answer that is, is that in the beginning of the chapter, when the disciples set Jesus down on the Mount of Olives, because this is the Olivet Discourse, and they say, hey, uh, tell us, what's going to be the sign of your coming in of the end of the age? The individuals that he is talking about from then on is to us, 
those in the church at the time of his second coming. He wasn't talking to them about that time because he talks about the rapture and all kinds of different things in there. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, well, that was 2000 years in the future. So he's not talking to just the Jews there. So when he gets down to Matthew 24, uh, verse 31, well, if actually Matthew 24, 29 through 31, where he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, would the Lord come send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather his elect? He's not talking about the Jews there because there's times up above there, a couple, uh, three or four or five verses where the Bible says that if possible, the very elect would be deceived. He's not talking right. about the Jews there. Also, Carlos, this is very important when you're trying to answer this question. When in the Old Testament, the elect were the Israelites. That was the Hebrews. In the New Testament, the elect is the church. Every time, there's a couple times where the, the Apostle Paul's talking to an elect lady, and then there's the elect angels. And right. then, but the rest of the time when the word elect is used, it's talking about the church. There's actually a scripture. I'm trying to think of where it's at right off the top of my head. I could look it up. But the Bible says that Israel hath not obtained. That's what she looked for. But the election right. hath obtained it. That's the church. It makes a clear distinction between Israel and the church. So when you go through there and the, the apostles are talking about the elect, they're talking about the church, not the Jews. In the right. New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That, that's a great answer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's because of the people that believe in pre-trib rapture, you know, they, they, they believe that all that's happening in Matthew 24 is going right. to happen to the Jewish people that's going to be left behind or something like exactly. that. Exactly. But the, the abomination of desolation in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, and the Great Tribulation, that's a future event that's not a... Uh, Jesus was prophesying about... They, they, they specifically said, tell us about your coming and of the end of this age. He was not talk. He was already sitting there talking to them, so they weren't talking to him about his first coming. They were talking about his second coming, and so very right, important right. that they understand. Yeah, the timing of all of this, right? Yeah, and then later it says that they will be hated because of my name's sake. So now, right there, we know he's, he's talking to the church. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, thank you, sir. All right, Carlos. God bless you, and thank you for the call. Let's go to Deborah right here in Texas. God bless Deborah. Welcome to End of the Age. Um, hi, Dave. God bless you. Thank you. Um, I have two questions, actually. My first question is, um, okay, in the Bible, the desolator is one of Satan's names. Um, and in where it says the abomination of desolation standing where it ought not, it was actually mistranslated it when it should say he. So that means the Antichrist would be the abomination of desolation. Is that correct? Okay, so I'm going to give you a scriptural answer. So you can always, if you need to reply to that, you'll have something, some ammunition. Okay. So when we're talking about the abomination of desolation... The Bible says that Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. Verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, or that day they're talking about here is the second coming of Jesus Christ and the rapture, our gathering together unto him. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. This is the Antichrist, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, and that is worshipped, so that he that, as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So there's going to be a physical human being that will be the leader of the world government, that will eventually, three and a half years after the peace agreement signed, he will go to the temple mount, stand in the Jewish temple, and proclaim to be God, cause the sacrifices to cease. So it doesn't necessarily line up with the scenario you just gave me, um, but that's, that's a scriptural answer. It's going to be a physical man that stands in a temple and proclaims to be God himself. So he would be the abomination of desolation because it actually says um, that it would be uh, he would be standing in the temple where he ought not, not where it ought not. Yeah, so the abomination of desolation is the event that takes place. He stands in the temple, proclaims to be God. The Antichrist himself is not the abomination of desolation. He is the participant in that event. The event is the abomination of desolation. The Antichrist is the person that's involved in uh, declaring that he's God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my second question, you know when the, um, where it talks about in the, quote, rapture, where it says um, the dead in Christ shall rise first? Yes. Okay. According to other Bible scriptures... One of them says when the silver cord breaks or silver cord parts and the clay pot breaks that your body goes back to the dirt from which it came Mm -hmm. and your spirit goes back to God from which it came. That's correct. And then another one says, um, oh, shoot, what is it? Oh, that when we are in, when we are, um, in the presence of God, we're separate from the body. That's correct. So that means everybody who dies is already in the presence of God. That's correct. So who's rising first right. that they're talking about? That's correct. So the thing is, is that at the time of the... So what the Bible says that, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. So right. we know that in chapter Revelation chapter 6 that there are the souls under the altar. And so they're, they're in the presence of the Lord. However, they haven't been given an immortal body yet because they're wondering, hey, when's the, when's, when are our brethren going to be killed? They don't have all knowledge like the Lord will. So they don't have an immortal body, but they're in the presence of the Lord. What happens is at the time of the rapture, the Bible says the dead in Christ, those that have been born again, that have been made themselves, uh, obeyed the, plan, the gospel, the plan of salvation, that when the, when the rapture occurs, their spirit will be given an immortal body, just like Jesus's was when he came out of the grave. He was given an immortal body, the physical body, the ability to die, the mortal body, that's going back to the dirt. That was gone. But he was given an immortal body, the inability to die. And so, you know, his body that was, um, you know, he had been just been crucified. He had just been scourged. He had just, I mean, his body was pretty much a, a ragged mess with ribbons of skin hanging off of him prior to his, um, death. 
But when he right. come out, Mary recognized him as Jesus. They recognized him as Jesus when he appeared before people. So he had an immortal body. Well, we will have okay. a bo- an immortal body. That's what comes out of the grave. Your spirit connects to an immortal body. That's what comes out. Just like Jesus came out of the tomb, we will come out with an immortal body. They'll be caught up in the air. And then the, the, those Christians that are alive will be caught up to meet them in the air. The Bible says, so shall we be with the Lord. So um, that's what happens at the time of the rapture. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And you have a good day. Absolutely. You do the same. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Let's go to Bob in Texas. God bless Bob. Welcome to End of the Age. I, I just got like a, a minute and a half, so you got to be quick, please. Real quick, uh, Christian reincarnation. Is there such a thing? Did Jesus speak of reincarnation day? So reincarnation, I don't think the Bible speaks about that, where somebody coming back from the dead. So in other words, like a lot of people say, well, the two witnesses are going to be um, like Moses and Elijah. And so... No, I, I, I don't see that in Scripture. I mean, there's the, the, um, the incarnation, but as far as reincarnation, like me coming back as, you know, uh, my kid's nephew or something like that, uh, no, I don't see that in Scripture, no. Yeah, there's a, they point out to John 9-1, and, and as he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has the man sinned nor his parents, but the works of God were made to be manifest in him. Yeah. They, they use this as an argument in this particular website I'm looking at to argue that there is reincarnation. The disciples asked the Lord yeah. if the man himself could have committed the sin and led to blindness. Right, Given the but... fact that the man has been blind from birth, we are confronted with a provocative question. When could he have made such transgressions as to make him blind at birth? The only conceivable answer is some prenatal state. Yeah, but what it's saying here is that he did not he did not commit a sin to make him blind. It did not say he had never sinned. That's not what this okay. is saying here in John nine. Yeah, I was I was just reading through. I was a little confused. I've never heard reincarnation in Christianity together yeah, no. in, in the same. No, nope, I don't see that riff. in scripture at all. Thanks, Dave. All right, Bob. God bless you. I certainly appreciate all the calls today. I'm sorry for leaving a couple online, but uh, what a great day. What a great week it's been. We've been very busy here at End Time Ministries. Looking forward to next week. Got a lot going on. So God bless you all. Have a great weekend and happy Father's Day. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.